think we have a commercial next. <laughs> I was waiting for our commercial. There, there was supposed to be one. I'll, I'll go ahead and make the announcements and greet everybody. That was Ken Roach and the Senior Adult Choir from Summerton, Alabama. Let's hear it for them. Yes, thank you. Thank you, that's wonderful. We're anxious to hear you sing some more, so we'll be finished in just a minute. Welcome, and we're also thrilled to have our abilities first today. Jimmy and Joey and Terry and Ashley and Chuck and Lorraine, all of our special abilities people come once a month, and we're so thrilled that they're here. Thank you for coming today. We have just come from early service at 8.30 this morning here in the sanctuary. Then we had Sunday school classes all over this place, wherever there is room. And studying the Word of God is wonderful. Sunday school hour is so wonderful where we study the Word of God. And then now we're here we are for mid-morning service. We'll be having service tonight, 6 o'clock. And when the service is over tonight, there's going to be a special spaghetti dinner to help raise money for the children's department in the new facility. So we want you to remember that, all of you moms and dads that are helping your children, be here to have a time of fellowship when service is over tonight. Sunday night is camp meeting always here at Stratford Heights. And we love the worship service, and it's so good to see you today. Um, I wanted to announce, please, if you are interested in volunteering to work here at the church and would like to be involved in some work of the church, please meet around this way to your left in the choir room following our service this morning with uh, uh, Sister Nicole. She'll be there to direct you and, and give you information. So there's lots of people that you're just praying, Lord, use me. How many of you prayed that lately? Oh, good. If, you, if you've been praying that, Lord, use me, then you come right over this area after service today and meet with Nicole. She needs some workers for some projects. Thank you. It's so good to be here, isn't it? And feel the presence of the Lord and to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. We honor him and thank him for his goodness to us today. We want you to know that God loves you and you have come to his house to worship him and he honors that. There's nothing like being a born-again Christian in 2016 and being the church and working for God and looking for Jesus to come and that trumpet's going to sound, and he's going to come to meet us and take us home to be with him. So we want to get out and, and greet one another today. If you would just kind of stay in your place, since there's such uh, several close fellowship today, and not get out too far. So just turn and shake hands with people beside of you. Greet them and welcome them. Thank you for coming today. God bless you.
be here worshiping the Lord with you today. I was kidding with Brother Gary before we started this morning. I said, now, Brother Gary, I said, I've already paid some people to run the aisles for us, you know. He said, you don't have to pay me. I'll run them anyway. And when I went in the back and heard those people back there praying, I said, we are in for a wonderful service today. We're really looking forward to it. We want you to join in with us, and you know these old songs. Some of them are over 40 or 50 anyway, but some of the young ones don't know. You join in and sing with us. So good to have Pastor Sergeant Judy come up and be with us today. Amen. All right, Brother Evan and I go to the rock. Yeah. 
window and a table spread in splendor. Someone standing by the open door. Well, I can't see the Crystal River. Well, I must be near forever. Lord, I've never been near so
Well, come on and praise the Lord this morning. How many of you are ready for deliverance? I said, how many of you are ready for deliverance? Amen. Feels good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. How many of you know it's a troubled world? It's a troubled world. Lots of chaos and trouble out there, but I feel the warmth of God's love and power in here. I feel that we can trust in him. Let me tell you something. The troubles will come. How many of you know last night trouble came to Middletown, Monroe? But isn't it good? I mean, God orchestrated, and I believe the Lord had everybody in place right where they needed to be, and this morning not one, not one person was lost. Every person was saved alive. That's a wonderful miracle, I believe. Wonderful miracle. We have the promises of God, and I'm telling you, what a great song. What a great day, because the message is about the fact that we're getting ready for the Lord to return. You don't know who we are. We are a Pentecostal holiness church that believes in the soon return of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. We believe he's on his way. We believe there's a lot of things out here in this world that would try to confuse us, take us off track, cause us to lose our faith. I'm going to tell you what this morning. We have a hope and an anchor that's not in Washington. It's not in mama and daddy. Our hope is in the rock Christ Jesus, and he is the Lord. Amen. Praise God. I want to thank you for being here. It's exciting to be here today. Welcome, Summerton Church of God. Welcome. Thank you for being here with us. Brother Ken Roach, their director, we honor you for being with us. I've known about you for a long time. Because see, years and years ago, as a young, young minister, just getting called into ministry, y'all took my pastor. <laughs> and I tell you, it was, it was bittersweet because we knew that they were going to a, a wonderful church and God used them for over 20 years to, to be there in ministry and we're proud of that but they were here first and we loved them and we know how much you love them and we're glad to have brother and sister sergeant back home I've often said it and I'll keep saying it he is my spiritual father and he raised me in the faith he and my family, my mother, several important key people in my life, but Lane and Judy Sargent were placed there by God in my life, and I'm so thankful for them. They're like mom and dad to me, and I, I love having them back today, and it is a wonderful gift to our church to have them. I want you, uh, before we are seated, I want us to go to prayer. I'm going to be sharing with you in just a moment about the events of last evening, but Right now, we want to stop in the midst of our service to pray for our country and to pray for the state of Israel and for us to pray for needs that you have. How many of you would say, Pastor, I have a need. We have a need in my family. Amen. He said, cast all of your care on me. Why? Because he cares for us. He loves us. God loves us. It's in that love that you and I can rest today, no matter what the, the winds may rage, the storms may come. But in the midst of it all, we have our faith is in a God who cannot and will not fail us. 
Yes, but how many of you would say in testimony, Pastor, he's been there for me over and over and over again in my life. Amen. Amen. What a testimony. What a testimony. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we honor you and we thank you for the lives that were saved last night. We thank you, Lord, for your hand on Mount Pleasant and the village, all of the different uh, facilities. We thank you for the residents, the staff. God, we ask you to bless and touch them today, empower them and strengthen them by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that you will meet every need that's represented here today with uplifted hands. Folks that are going through crisis and trouble in their lives. Lord, we know sometimes we don't have a clue what to do in our lives, but we know to run to you. You are our anchor. You are our hope. You are our refuge, our strong tower. We honor you this morning. We give you all the praise for the work that's being accomplished and done through our situations. And Lord, we pray for our country. Lord, it's not a an election or it's not a political awakening that we need in our country it's a spiritual one we thank you lord that there are still people seeking your face in this country and i'm believing that as we are seeking you humbling ourselves before you seeking your face and praying turning from our wicked ways god that you said in your word you'd hear from heaven and you'd heal our land we honor you today and we hold to your word we pray that you will touch america that you will touch our leaders our city leaders, our state leaders, our national leaders. Touch those, God, that are in leadership over us. May their minds and hearts, Lord, be led to fulfill your will and your will alone. And Lord, we pray for the state of Israel. You said in your word to seek the peace of Jerusalem, to seek the good of Israel. And Lord, we want to be counted among those who are standing with you and standing in the right. And Lord, who is seeking the very good of your chosen people. Touch Israel today, protect their borders, keep her sons and daughters, protect families and be with them, Father, as we seek their good and blessing. We thank you for it all as we ask it, all in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together agreed and said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I think they have a video they want to play. Here at the Mount Pleasant Retirement Village, Monroe fire investigators say at about 7 tonight, a lightning strike is believed to have sparked a fire in the north wing. It spread and caused the roof to cave in. Early on, Pastor Ray Phillips saw black smoke pouring from the building. He ran inside. We just kept going back in and getting more chairs and more people and bringing them out. And finally, I found the people that I was looking for as well as many others. Dozens of others came, some to help, some to watch from afar. A lot of concern for the elderly is what it is. You don't have people that can get out on their own. You need to make sure that you don't need to be a part of the, the help. The fire chief says as many as 100 firefighters worked the flames and rushed to help people out. These folks moved slow, uh, and even a little bit of smoke in another wing can create a catastrophic incident if you have five, six, seven elderly people uh, trying to get down a hallway that has smoke in it. This night has no doubt been emotional, but no one here has regrets. You think you run away from a fire, but I'm thankful that I all I could think of was to go in when I saw the people coming out and they needed help. If you, if you know me, 
you know that I don't seek that, don't want that. There were hundreds of people who were working. The staff at Mount Pleasant, I watched with tears in my eyes as they, they worked so diligently and so professionally to uh, adequately rescue and evacuate those people. I watched our own Kristen Bowman as she was emotional, yes, but at the same time in charge. I watched her and it broke my heart to see her as she was taking care of the patients and, and making sure that everybody was okay. You know, I don't know how I ended up there. To the logical mind, it didn't make sense. I was coming down that road, headed towards my family's house, and, and I stood at the, sat at the stop sign, and, and I saw the billowing smoke, and something inside me just said, go. I turned, and next thing I know, I'm right in the middle of the lobby, and I'm, smoke is everywhere, and I looked at one of the staff members, and I said, I'm a pastor. What can I do? Just in case they thought I was some kind of weirdo. She said, we need chairs and we need residents out. I said, okay. So me, along with many others, started doing what I would hope every one of us would do. And that's just be God's hands and be his feet. That's what it's about. I didn't ask for him to play that, and I'm not interested in personal accolades. If you know me, you know that. But what I am interested in and what I do want, to, want you to know today, and I want our young people to know that if you will obey God, if you will walk a path, he will order your steps and you'll be where you need to be when you're needed. Now I believe that in that moment, with those elderly folks that were there and, and the help, that the, the, the staff was overwhelmed and they were trying desperately to rescue, God just said we need a few extra hands. And I believe he called them from houses. They called them from the streets. He called them from cars. And everybody was where they needed to be to help. And I'm just so thankful. I'm thankful for the first responders. They were amazing. The people that were on site, they, were, they didn't need us. But apparently, God thought that they might need a couple extra hands. And so all of us were there. But what's important, what's most important is that God put into place because people have prayed and they were comforted and, and knew their faith would keep them no matter what they went through. And this morning we're able to say not one person was lost in a eight alarm fire. Isn't that great? So to God be all the glory. And my prayer is that every one of us will be put in positions where we can be there when we're needed. How many of you know the church needs to be an active church? We need to always be ready, instant, in season and out, and ready to be used by God's hand. That's the lesson. And the awesome thing about it now is that do we just walk away or do we involve ourselves in how we can minister to them now? I'm coming to you and I'm letting you know we as a church our intention is that we will do everything in our power to help Mount Pleasant villages. We'll do everything to help them financially. We'll help them with whatever position, uh, material possessions they need. We're going to do whatever we can. We've already got phone calls. We've already organized some effort. And we're going to be letting you know exactly what we can do to help. So I'm excited about that opportunity that we get to show our community that, that we love them. So thankful that everyone's safe. And... Today, we give honor and glory to God for all of it. Can you say amen? Amen.
as our ushers are coming to prepare to serve you today, I want to also, in our prayer over the offering, I want all of our students, everyone who's going to be heading back to school, if you're going to school in either junior high, high school, elementary, kindergarten, or college, I want you to stand. Everybody going to school. We want you to know we, as your, as your church, we're going to cover you in prayer. I'm going to even know it's harder than it's ever been to hold your faith and to serve God in the midst of a society and a culture that has gone mad. But we're going to pray over you right now. I want the rest of us, if you would, to stand among these students, around them. If you're close enough to one, to one would you just simply place a hand of support on their shoulder? And I want us to pray over our young people, our students. We're also pray, praying over our offering today. Our, our special guests from Summerton, Alabama, we plan to, to bless them and give them an honorarium today for being here all the way from Alabama. And as well, if you have and you would like to make a donation to the Mount Pleasant uh, Retirement Village, then I want you to just put Mount Pleasant on an envelope and, and drop that in the offering. And we're going to keep that until we know exactly what they need. That's our instructions. So now let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we honor you this morning. We thank you, God, that you are a God who hears us when we pray. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, first of all, that you would take care of our students. Lord, as they go into a secular society, most of them, and as they seek out education and to better themselves in their lives, I pray that you will keep your hand on them. Let no harm come to their faith or mind. We pray in the name of Jesus that you protect them from all the wiles of the enemy that would try to trap them, Lord, that would try to discourage their faith. We come against that and rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for blessing over them, strength over them, for your work to be accomplished in their lives to help them and clarity of mind to be able to learn and to grow and to be what you've called them and destined them to be. We pray over them this morning, that protection in that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you today, Lord, for it. Now, we pray your blessings on this great choir that's come to be with us. We thank you, Lord. They've come so far to be with us today. We want to honor them and bless them. We pray you would touch our lives to be able to minister to them in this service. And, Lord, we pray that you will touch and minister in every gift that we give to Mount Pleasant. As we continue to find ways to serve them over the next several weeks and months, we pray in the name of Jesus you'll lead us in wisdom and keep us as we desire, Lord, most of all, at the end of it all, to just be your church. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Please welcome back the Summerton Choir. Uh, your higher praise? High praise. Thank you again for being here with us. We're looking forward to being blessed by you.
Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Again, thank you. Welcome. Uh, Summerton, Alabama. One more time, give it up for these folks visiting with us today. Also, I wanted to take a moment before Pastor Sargent comes to minister the word of God. A gentleman by the name of Mark, Mark White. Mark, are you here? He's, in, he's indisposed at the moment. Mark is one of the workers at uh, Mount Pleasant. And uh, he uh, texted me last evening and he, he mentioned that he wanted to, to be in service today at our church. So I, I wanted to honor him. But his daughter Grace is back there. Grace, there you are. She's, look at her. She's waving at you. Wave again so they can see who you are. We're glad that she's here. And Mark is here visiting with us today. Again, you know, so important to acknowledge, you know, the, the work that these folks do. One of the things that blessed my heart, and if I was there for any particular reason, there he is. Mark, we just recognized you, brother. Welcome to Stratford Heights Church this morning. He said, I'm going to be in your church tomorrow. He wanted to come and, and visit with us today, and we welcome you and your family. Thank you for being here. If there was any one thing that blessed and touched my heart, it was that I looked over, and I had been looking for them and hadn't found them yet, and then all of a sudden I saw Brother Buster Thompson sitting in one of the chairs out on the lawn. And he, he looked to be just a nervous wreck and, and went over to him, was able to sit next to him, hold his hand and pray with him and, uh, and just talk. All he did was quote scripture to me. And it was wonderful to see him. And then I walked in the middle of the chaos. I was looking for Roger Carter and I finally found him upstairs in a room. And, and there he was. I looked over at him. I walked over to him and he said, there's my pastor. <laughs> and that meant the whole world to me. It's about being there for people, isn't it? It's about showing that you love people and you care about people. That's what we try to do, and it's what, it's what we fail at so many different times. And that's what's so important about serving God in obedience, because he helps us. He will guide us. I want you to look at the people on your left and right. Situations like last evening could have been so different. We'll let that sink in for a minute could have been a whole different type of story. It could have made the national news this morning. But so thankful, so thankful that God intervened and brought all the people together to get his people out. I saw such faith. I huddled together with three little old, older ladies and they looked up at me and I said, are you ladies okay? And, and they said, well... It's going to be okay. And uh, I put my arms around him and I prayed with them. And, and I noticed not one person of all the people, one of the staff, she told me, she said, Pastor, if you'll just go around and just make sure people are okay. And, and that's what I did. I just kept, are you okay? Are you all right? Can I help you? Not one person, listen to me, church, not one person refused prayer. Not one. You know what that says to us? I believe people are searching for truth. I believe they're looking for an answer. You won't find it in the doctors and psychiatrists. You won't find it in the politicians. You won't find it all out there. The answer still lies in what our black back Holy Bible teaches. 
It's still Simon Peter jumping up from around the little campfire when Jesus looked at him and said, who do you say that I am? And he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said he was going to build his church on that truth. And this morning, thank God, he's still building the church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So thankful to have Brother Mark with us today. As I mentioned, Christine Bowman is part of our congregation. And she texted me this morning and, and gave me just the sweetest text. And one of the things she said, and I thought to the Lord as I was praying, I said, well, Lord, even if it was for her, she said it was emotional and chaotic. And she said, I was just so frantic and busy and doing what I needed to do. And she goes, and then I looked up and saw your face. And she goes, it meant the world to me. God knows what we need. He knows where we are. And if we will just love each other, serve God through loving each other, I'm telling you what, we're going to see the greatest revival yet that this world has ever seen. I'm believing, and you're going to hear in just a moment, that God is ready to bring another revival to America and around the world. Because I believe, as he's going to teach us today, and the word is, if you, I've already got insight into 830, and I know what he's going to preach about, and I can't wait for you to hear it. But the truth and the, the awesome truth of it is that we hold on to today is that I'm telling you, it is not pie in the sky. It is not some false hope. Let me clearly announce to you and tell you as your pastor, Jesus Christ is coming soon. He's coming soon. And the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 18, it says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another. With these words, what were the words? If you read back through those scriptures, it simply talks about this. It says, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. <clears throat> then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. How many of you are looking for a reunion day, for a resurrection day together? Jesus is coming soon. Would you make welcome back home today, our former pastor, Brother Lane Sargent, coming to preach for us today. Thank you. Well, praise the Lord. Talk to me. Boy, you're a good-looking crowd. Thank y'all. I think I surprised you just a little bit. Me too. Didn't they do a great job? Amen. Thank you. Beautiful. <clears throat> Notice I'm wearing a purple tie. It doesn't even look like what they're wearing because they don't want me to get close to getting in the choir. But y'all did wonderful. Thank you so much. Now, thank them. You give them a hand for coming and showing up. Look. Amen. Not many pastors get to be the part of the sandwich between two churches you pastored. I hope I'm, I hope I'm the meat between the bread. We're going to find out, all right? Thank you all. Thank you, Pastor Ray. Thank you for allowing me to be here. It is an honor to be called your spiritual father. No greater honor than people. I was at a church yesterday in Curry, Alabama. How I many, well, y'all know where it's at. So y'all don't have, does anybody else know where Curry is at? Well, she does. This young man who's pastoring that church put a picture 
up there before I spoke, when he was seven years old, I baptized him. Another one of my sons. That's why I keep traveling. I got sons and daughters everywhere. There's nothing like the great reunion we're going to have. Amen? As he told you, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in that. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Turn in your Bible to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. It's always good to have my beautiful wife with, with me. I just don't know why she keeps looking younger than me, but that's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be, right, men? Amen. Jesus is coming right now. He shared with you, you saw it on the screen. Nobody knew it. That lightning came right out of the sky. Boom. And all of a sudden, you better be ready. Now, I'm glad you rescued some people, but when the rapture takes place, you better be ready. You're not hanging on to my coattail. Hello? You better be ready. So if you look with me at Matthew 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. That's not politically correct, but it says foolish, okay? Those who were foolish took their lamps but took no oil with them. But the wise took with them their vessels with their lamps, but oil with their vessels. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And in the midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go ye out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us your all. So our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, No, lest we not have enough for ourselves. Go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. The door was shut. How many of you truly believe we are the generation that will see him come? You really believe that? Then we got to live like it. You know, I guarantee you if somebody had driven by that facility last night and said, folks, I just want to tell you the lightning's about to hit this building, they would have prepared. Or they would have done like a lot of people and said, you're crazy. Because that's how people feel sometimes when we say Jesus is coming back. Oh, he is coming back. The stage is now set. Everything is prepared. But I want to share with you a little bit of a different message today. I want to talk to you about the word midnight. The word midnight there is three Greek words, and it simply means in the middle of the night. Don't wait until the clock strikes 12. Then it may be too late. But maybe you need to prepare while it's in the middle of the night. Amen. It says in this scripture, what I want to show you is Jesus had just finished in Matthew 24 talking about his return. The disciples had asked him about it. And as they were talking about it, what will be the sign of your coming? And he said there will be wars and rumors of wars, strife. Do you realize we're right smack in the middle of it? In one given year, sometimes around the world, there are well over 100 wars. 
Do you realize we're in the time of earthquakes? We are in the time that all of these things are happening. And Jesus began to tell them about that. Then he made a statement. The, the ones who endure to the end, they shall be saved. And when he finished that, he goes into the next chapter and he said, then it will be like ten virgins. The word virgin is a word that means pure. The word pure in Scripture means somebody who has separated themselves and has become pure, and we're all. Do I have any Christians in here today? That means according to your spiritual life, you are a virgin. That means you are pure. You do not mingle with the world. Amen? But the Scripture says they all had lamps. They all had oil, but some of them didn't have enough oil. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. The lamp represents the Word. He said, it will be a lamp unto my feet. What? His Word will guide you. Then we have those who have the Spirit. See, we got a camp over here that says, let's just do all Spirit. we got a camp over here that says, let's just do all Word. Do you realize neither one of them are wrong? We need the Word and we need the Spirit. We need the Word of God to come alive in us and to be anointed by the Holy Spirit that we can reach this generation for Him. How many believe He's coming back? Do you understand that we're right on the precipice of the return of Jesus Christ? But they had lamps. Some of them had a little bit of oil. Some of them had enough oil. So what is taking place is while they are awaiting the bridegroom, it says they all slumbered and slept. Slumbered. You know what slumbered is? That's when you get sleepy in church. And I've gotten sleepy in church, haven't you? And all of a sudden he's preaching and that thing just kind of, that's slumber. Most of us slumber before we sleep. Hello? See, he said they all slumbered and slept. The ones who had the Word and the Spirit were asleep. The ones who had little oil and the Word were asleep. And that's what the Lord sent me by to tell you today. Wake up! You don't have time to take a cat nap. You don't have time to rest. You don't have time to sit on the sideline. You don't have time to slumber. It's time we realize we are the generation that's coming, he's coming back for, and we better wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. We got to wake up. We got to rouse ourselves. You realize when people sleep, there's three things I've learned about sleep. Number one, you don't know you've been asleep until somebody wakes you up. Right? You know, you sleep. That's it. And you're asleep. Second thing about sleep is you do things in your sleep that you wouldn't do when you're awake. She says, I snore. I don't believe it. Now, if I hear you're snoring today, I will come back and wake you up. All right? So we do things in our sleep we wouldn't do when we're awake. We don't realize we're asleep until somebody punches us. It's time to get up. And what, what I want you to realize with this, when, when we're asleep, the worst thing that can happen usually to us is an alarm goes off. Hello? We don't like alarm clocks. I don't. Do you? The problem with the church is too many of you have snooze alarms. Hello? Wake up! 
See, you've got to understand it's not time to hit the snooze alarm. Somebody's dying and going to hell, and we got something to do to get as many in the kingdom of God as we can get that. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Church, wake up. I'm trying to shake you this morning. I'm trying to help you understand the dire need of this world. See, we, we begin to think about sleep. We look into Scripture in uh, Judges 16 about a man by the name of Samson. All of you know Samson. You see, a lot of times you see pictures of Samson with bulging muscles. It wasn't his muscles. It was his hair. And the only reason it was his hair is because it was his heart. See, whatever God tells you to do in a covenant with him, they said you cannot cut his hair. That's where his strength lies. His strength, he didn't have strong hair. He had an obedient hair that gave him strength to do what God called him to do. But the scripture says he was a he-man with a she-problem. Amen. I know that's kind of plain, but that's just the way it is. He couldn't help it. He wanted to mess around with Philistine women. Let me tell you about the Philistines. They spoke fluent Hebrew. They sounded just like the Israelites. They talked like the Israelites. They acted like the Israelites. You couldn't tell the difference. The difference was their heart. Can I tell you something? Everybody who says they're with you, they're not. There's some people you can be best buddies with. There's some people you're just friends with. Because some of those people are not on your side. They'll talk about you when you're not around. I'm preaching now. They'll talk about you and, you know, they'll come up and hug you in church and go out there tomorrow and talk about you. You can't be close friends with them because they may talk like you, they may look like you, but they're not with you. But I'm so glad to tell you we're here today that we're all on the same side serving the same God, going in the same direction. And we know who we are. The Philistines were that way, and he fell in love. The Scripture says he fell in love. I changed it. He fell in lust. My goodness, I'm surprising you, ain't I? Listen, he wanted that woman so bad that he was willing to give up whatever he had. To get her. Here's the key. He went to see her. She said, you lied to me. She went to see her the second time. You didn't tell me the truth. Third time, she said, you've made a fool out of me. The fourth time, the scripture says, he told her his heart. The key to his strength was not the hair. His hair was a sign of obedience. It was his heart. She, he told her from his heart, this is what you do. And the, the he-man with a sheep problem fell asleep in her lap. Folks, that's bad. And they cut his hair while he was asleep. If you're going to cut my hair, you better knock me out. I'm not going to lay there while you cut my So you know what that says? He reached a comfort zone with her that he fell asleep because he gave her his heart. And because he gave her his heart, that meant he trusted her. But you can't trust everybody. The enemy's out to kill you. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's coming out here, you better make sure what's in the heart. And you better make sure who you side with. And you better make sure who you're with. And you better make sure who you share your intimate secrets with. Because somebody may be out to destroy you like she did him. She didn't love him. She used him. And he fell asleep. 
And all of a sudden, she says, the Philistines are upon you. And he goes out as at other times before, and he shook himself. Say shake. Shake. He shook. He shook. Nothing happened. Why? He didn't know the Lord had departed from him. There are probably people in church today, somewhere across America and across the world, that'll go to church, have church, shake themselves, and don't even know the Spirit's departed. Hello. We got to stay strong spiritually. We are in a chaotic world. I was praying about the election because I get tired of hearing it. I just turn it off, you know. And, and you know, we all know who's running. But then all of a sudden, sitting here this morning, the Lord never told me something like that. I said, Lord, I just don't know what to do. He said, pray for them to get saved. Hello. The only hope for America that whoever's going to be president must be saved. It's not talking about it. It's not looking like it. It's a heart change that will transform this world. Wake up, church. We've got something to do. Are you still with me today? See, he shook himself, and the spirit had departed. And he didn't know it, folks. He didn't realize it's over. And, of course, you know what they did to him? They took him. They gouged his eyes out. You know, that's where the church is today, blind. They not only gouged his eyes out, they bound him. We're bound. They're making laws that's binding us everywhere we turn around. You can't say the name of Jesus. They did an interview with a young lady who won a, a gold medal, and the networks wouldn't play her first part because she gave praise to God. I don't know about you, but I'm pulling for Fiji. If you've seen it, Fiji gets on her and sings about the blood of Jesus. On the camera, they're singing. They didn't like it. They don't want you to. They they don't want you to talk about Jesus. It's okay to talk about God because they equate our God with their God. That's not true. There's only one God. There's only one God. It's not Allah. It's not Mohammed. It's not Buddha. It's not Confucius. I said there's one God. It's time to stand up and let people know who we are, what we stand for, and influence this society. I've been preaching 50 years, but I'm going to tell you something. We are guilty, church, of keeping it between the four walls. We are guilty. I spent 19 years and seven months and so many days with this group. I spent eight years with you. But let me tell you something. I'm going to take it on myself and tell you, no more will I ever shut up. But what if they put you in jail? I still won't shut up. If they challenge me, they're going to take my life. I am not going to shut up because the church has lost her influence and it's time to regain our influence and let the people know there is no other road. There is no other highway. It's my God, my God, my God. Oh. Woo. Say, Jesus. Say it again, Jesus. That's it. There's no other name given under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, and his name is what? That's it. Don't let them cause you to cower over in the corner. Don't let them to cause you to come back. No, no, no. Stand up and speak up and say, let me tell you about this Jesus. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Now look at this. When you begin to read the scripture, they were all virgins. They all had lamps. But some of them, they got low on oil. Church, wake up. Your oil's running out. That's why we need another awakening in America. The oil is running out. It didn't say they didn't have any oil. It said we don't have enough oil. I want to tell you, it's time we become Pentecostal more than we've ever been Pentecostal. You say, why do you say it like that? Because I, I think the enemy has hoodwinked the charismatic Pentecostal church and that you don't have to speak in tongues. Let me tell you, I don't have to, I get to. Because my Bible tells me in Romans chapter 8 that, that when I don't know what to pray for, as I ought, the Spirit himself prays through me in those unutterable utterances and groanings in the Spirit. There's times I don't know what to say. There's times it was 347 this morning. And the Lord moved through me by the Holy Spirit until about 5 o'clock. I prayed in the Spirit. Why? I don't know, but he knows. I don't know how to pray. He knows. I don't know what I'm praying about. He knows. Do I have any people in here who are baptized with the Holy Ghost? If you are, put your hands together and give him praise in this house. Let me kind of give you a little insight into a Jewish wedding. In a Jewish wedding, the groom would leave his father's house. He would go to the bride's house, and he would take with him a document. That document said, this is what I'll provide for you. This is how you got to live. He would take that document. He'd lay it on the table. The bride would pick it up. She'd take it to her father. If he agreed, they'd come back. She'd sign it, and he had a cup of wine that he would put on that document. Not only did she sign it, whew, he was waiting on her to take a sip. Can I tell you that Jesus, right before he left, went into there with the disciples and held a communion. And in that communion, he held up a cup. And he said, in this cup is your redemption. This is the blood that I'm going to shed for the covenant for you. You know what you got to do? He was waiting on her to take a sip. I don't know about you, but I've taken a sip and I'm taking another one because I know I have no, no freedom except through the blood. You can talk about everything else, but it's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. He was waiting on her when she took a sip. The, script, the, the tradition says he'd jump up and shout. But I got news for you. When I took a sip of that blood the first time in Jacksonville, Florida, 50 years ago, the angels in heaven shouted. Guess what? I'm still shouting today. I don't know if they're shouting with me, but I'm shouting because I know I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I don't have any doubts where I'm going. I ain't got to pray through. I ain't got to do anything else. I'm, do I have anybody who's ready? Do I have anybody who's ready? You better be ready. When he finished that, he turned around and go to his father's house. You got to see my illustration. This is the father's house. That's the bride's house. He'd go back to his father's house and build the Beulah. A Beulah is what they call the room on the house of the father that he's preparing for his bride. Did not Jesus say in John 14, don't let your heart be troubled? Oh, I got to say that to you again. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. That's what's happening to us. Don't let your heart be overwhelmed with trouble. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my father's house 
are many mansions. One translation said, in my father's house is plenty of room. I'm going to add one on just for you. He's there prepared. He said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you unto myself. There where I am, there you may be also. So the, the, the groom goes back. He builds the room. And while he's doing that, the bride has the document. She and her bridesmaids every night gather around her bed and they read the document. This is what you must do. This is how you live. This is what the groom provides. Folks, read the document. It's all there. It's, it's been signed by his blood, and there it is. I will do this. I will do this. Folks, most things in those promises are conditional. We think, oh, he's just, no, 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 no. He wants to see you be, meet the conditions. And she's reading it, and every night they'd read it. And they kept their lamps beside them. All right, they're there doing that. While they're prepared, he finishes the room, and the father turns to him and says, Son, it's time to go get your bride. Ooh. Oh, my Lord, I feel that. It's what? It's time to go get your bride. Now, watch my illustration. This is the father's house. What he would do, they're prepared. They've got their lamps trimmed. But the scripture says they're all asleep. Uh-oh. They're asleep. Okay? He says, let's go. They get a torchlight procession, and they start toward her house. And as they get to her house, when they get about close enough to where they can be heard, somebody in the torchlight, torchlit procession says, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Now go back and read it. It says that he had delayed his coming. They're asleep. Now here, this, this is going to mess with your mind. Then it says at midnight. Say at midnight. Here's what it really says. In the middle of the night, I'm going to tell you what I believe. You can differ with me, but I got the microphone. I believe that we are standing on the portal of a great awakening before he comes back. You say, how do you know that? He said in Joel 2 and 28, in the last days I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And, and your young men will see vision. I believe we are the last day church. And we read, is anybody ready for an awakening? I said, is anybody ready for an awakening? Is anybody ready? Listen to me. This is what the Lord put in my spirit. I've got to share it with you. Look at this. In 1790, the people who came from different countries came into America and began to snuff out the gospel through ridicule and abuse and making fun of them. So there was a waning. Right before that, that happened, but in 1740, a group got together and there became an awakening that shook the United States. Then you go between 50 and 60 years from there, then you're going to end up, what, about the early 1800s. In the early 1800s, I believe it is, they said that's when they had what's called the prayer revival. Two million people got saved. Now, folks, there weren't that many people back then, okay? 
and they got saved. And God began to do something. There was an awakening. Then you go from then and end up in about 1850 or 60. Then there's the great revival, the great Welsh revival, actually, that took place over in Europe. And then it moved into America. It was such a powerful revival that a minister, a prayer warrior, I call him, he was a great man of God, was on a train going through a town. He didn't get off. He was just on the train. And because of the Spirit of God that was on him, every bar in that town closed overnight because the man had the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God that is able to go out there. There are people that can be transformed by the power of God. Do I have any believers today? You go from the, you get on up into the 1850s. I think we're into the eight. We're in another move of God. And these things begin to happen. Then in the early 1900s is when we had Azusa Street. The church of God was born. You know what I like about Azusa Street? The Holy Spirit picked out a most unlikely man called Seymour. And he was a black man. And he started a revival on Azusa Street. They said he was so humble when he got through preaching, he put a cardboard box over his head because he didn't want any glory to come to him. Folks, that's what it's all about. Does anybody want this kind of an awakening? Does anybody want it? Come on. You move from there, you end up in the 1960s. In the 1960s, it's called the charismatic renewal or the charismatic revival. You know who got in on that? Me. I was a young boy going to a church that never told me about the Holy Ghost, and then I ran into a group of Holy Ghost folks. And I looked at them, I said, you people are crazy. But guess what? They were a good crazy. Amen. They got me so hungry for the Holy Spirit that I'd pray and I'd seek God and I'd pray and I'd seek God. But I didn't know what to do. Can I tell you that I believe that awakening was one of the, one person that was supposed to be in that awakening was me. Folks, I want to tell you, whew, my Lord, you got to understand something. God knows how to get you where you are. He's kind of diverting me. But let me show you. You got a minute let me show you how God works. I'm asking, you know, I'll take it. In that year of 1964, I believe it was, it was actually 1965 when I got saved and got filled with the Spirit, but I was in Guantanamo, Cuba. I was in the Navy. And they give you a sheet of paper and they said, son, fill this out and tell us where you want to go. You know what that meant? Nothing. <laughs> you did it. I said, I want to go to Jacksonville, Florida, and I put a squadron that I worked in, that I wanted to be a part of that didn't even exist. Her grandma was praying for me, and every time she'd go in the bathroom, I don't know why she prayed in the bathroom, but she did. And she'd come out and say, honey, he's going to be a preacher. And she said, oh, grandma, not him. That's not possible. But guess what? Guess how God works. He heard her prayers. I wasn't saved. It wasn't my prayers. But I'm going to tell you, by the time I filled that little paper out and sent it to wherever they sent it, they sent it back to me and said, you're going to Jacksonville, Florida, to a squadron. They formed it from the time I filled it out. Not for me, but God knew the only way he'd get me saved is to get me in Jacksonville, Florida. He knew the only way to get me filled with the Spirit is because God put a man that worked with me every day was one of those Holy Ghost guys I was scared of. But guess who was with me? Every night we worked a night shift, and we'd read the, he'd read the Bible to me at 4 in the morning. 
And all of a sudden, I got hungry for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'd go to church and I'd pray. And I was shy. I told you before, I'm shy. I'm not going into that. I was, really. And I'd get over there by myself. And then they'd come over and want to pray with me. And I said, I felt like saying, leave me alone. You know, I don't know what to do. And I'd pray and I'd watch it. And I went home one night. I said, Lord, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I don't, I don't understand it. Would you help me? I told her, I said, I'm going to the bedroom. I went to the bedroom, flipped on, opened the Bible. Now, I don't recommend this. It just happened to me. I flipped on the Bible. It was Acts chapter 19. And I read because I didn't know. And it, I said, Lord, I don't know anything about this Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden I read it where Paul passed through the coast of Ephesus. And he said to those men who had been baptized by John, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? Glory. I wish I could tell you I was filled right then. I still didn't know what to do, okay? I went to church the next night, and the guy was preaching. And, and, and as we got over there, I got over by myself like I wanted to be. And all of a sudden, I can still see the shoes of that evangelist. He walked over to me, and my head was down on the carpet. And he said, Lane Sergeant, you're speaking with tongues. That's all it took. I jumped up and hadn't quit since. Because I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something, folks. It's this same spirit that dwells in me that's going to quicken this mortal body. Hello. Let me tell you, it's going to happen just like that, and we better be ready. And there was an awakening in the 60s that I was a part of. That's when I got into the ministry, and that's when the Lord called me. That's when he filled me, and all this happened to me. But let me tell you, we are right at that same juncture for a, an awakening in America. Never in my life did I think it would get this dark. Never in my life that I would hear people ridicule the name of Jesus. Never in my life did I think I would hear pol political figures and, and other figures in this world ridicule the name of Jesus and defame him. But Jesus told me, I said, Lord, I don't like it. He said, neither did I. But stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> I don't like it, but God's in control. I don't like what they say, but God has the last word. Amen. I believe that we are at the point of the middle of the night, and there's an awakening. The Holy Ghost is helping me to shake you right now. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Why? In a moment, in the twinkling of eye, the last trump shall sound. Aren't you glad you've been praying about rain? Amen. Y'all said you've been having a dry spell. Is that right? Would y'all please tell the people who pray to say, Lord, just let it rain late on Saturday night and then late on Sunday night and forget Sunday? But guess what? We got people here who don't care. I might as well keep you now. You can't get out anyway. Listen. Wake up. Wake up. Oh, this, this isn't working because rain on the roof makes you want to sleep. <laughs> How many are old enough to know about rain on a tin roof? Oh, you sleep so good. Amen. Wake up. Don't you go to sleep. But look at this. In the middle of the night. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. They all got up. They all woke up. But only five had enough oil. You better be ready. Because you can't go and buy all then. The bridegroom came and the door was shut. 
What are you saying to me today, Brother Sergeant? I am telling you that we better get busy. How do I know you're going to wake up? Go do something. Go tell somebody about Jesus. What if they don't accept him? That's not your job. Your job's not to save people. Your job's to tell people. Hello? You know, if you go tell 100 people and only one gets saved, wouldn't it be worth it? It doesn't matter what happens then. You're the one that has to deposit the seed. Let me tell you, we're living in a world that's chaotic. We're living in a world that's catastrophic. We're living in a world that's turned their back on God, but it's time to plant some seeds. I'm going to close with this, I think, okay? I read an article not long ago. I didn't know this. That in Israel, they would have, well, I'm going to tell you about two things. They have what we call the early rain and the latter rain. The early rain in Israel was everywhere. Well, it's a good time to preach on it, eh? The latter rain was in pockets. You realize that we're at that point for an awakening? If I begin to name people, uh, name places like Toronto Blessing, Brownsville Revival, pockets. Now, over in Burlington, North Carolina, have you heard about it? There's a thousands of people coming because God's doing something over there. And there's a scripture in the book of Amos that says when he does that, people will go there. It's all right to go there, but I want it here. I want to be a part of this last day awakening. I don't want to hear about it. I want to get in on it. But they would have early rain and latter rain. In Israel, one of the things they would do, they would go to a place that looked like barren ground that had not been plowed. And they would take handfuls of seed and they would throw it. And they would throw it. It looked useless. It didn't. How's that going to work? And then they would come back and they would till the soil. And they'd keep tilling the soil until those seeds ended up in the ground for the early rain. Ooh, folks, where you work, where you live, where you go to school, where, where you're at, you think, man, this is the hardest ground I've ever seen. Throw out some seed. Throw out some seed. Do not underestimate the power of the seed of the Word of God. We got to get it out there, and then you got to keep plowing. I said, keep plowing. I said, keep plowing. How many believe he's coming again? Come on. Listen to me. I want to challenge you. In a few minutes, hopefully this afternoon, I'm going to walk over here. You're building a new building. It's almost finished. Why? Seed has to be planted. Hello? Y'all remember when we moved over to the new sanctuary? And I threatened you? Y'all came in looking. I said, if you keep gawking, we're going back to the old building. Buildings are not to be gawked at. They're to be filled up. Hello? God's blessed you. It's amazing. I can't wait to go see it again today because I haven't seen it since you're at this stage. Listen to me. Why is it there? We need some people to scatter some seeds. And all it takes, is one little seed. All it takes, one. You know that the life of everything that is on this earth is in the seed before it ever comes out? All life is in that little seed. Do you realize the seed of the word has all power and you just... You say, well, what do I do after that? Go back and cultivate. How do you do that? Oh, I love you. How you doing today? You need prayer today? You know, and you keep, are y'all still hearing me? I believe God is saying to us as a church, 
It's time to stand up, speak up, and spread the seed. Do I have any seed spreaders here today? Come on. Hold your hand up. Y'all better pray for me. I'm having a hard time landing this plane. It ain't nothing new, is it? Listen to me. If you are here today and you don't know this Jesus I'm talking about, don't you wait another minute. Hello? It says when he came and they went in, the door was shut. What happens to a shut door? You don't get in. I'll beat on the door. You don't get in. You've got to be prepared for his coming. Would you just bow your heads for doing me? Holy Spirit's leading me to do this. For I have called you at times before. You have rejected me. You have ignored me. But that does not mean I do not love you. I give you another call. You know what you're doing. You know how you're living. You know what's going on in your life. Yet I am giving you a call. This is your moment. This is your time. Arise, come to me, that you might be delivered, that you might be saved, and that you might be free. I am calling you at this moment, says the Lord. Arise and come to me. Let me explain to those of you who may have never been in a Pentecostal church. There are times that the Holy Spirit speaks through the gift of tongues and interpretation. That's what just happened. God is speaking to somebody. Father, I'm praying for them right now. I don't know who they are. I just know you're here. I know the Holy Spirit has surrounded this place and invaded this atmosphere. Where are you right now? If you were to die right now, where would you go? If the rapture took place, would you go? You better think about it. You better be prepared because in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumps are sound and we are going home. Father, I pray that you'll cause them to take the next step. My, 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 my. Oh, my Lord. Lord, you're waking up the church, but now you're waking up people who have just, who have just walked away from you. He still loves you. He loves you so much he's interrupted this service for you. But everybody stand with me, please. As he begins to play, sing whatever they're going to do. I can't go on without giving you an opportunity to come forth. The greatest thing that can happen in this service today, their singing has been great. The spirit is great. I hope the sermon's been great. But the greatest thing that can happen is for you to give your heart to Jesus. You know what the Holy Spirit's telling me, Pastor? He's dealing with backsliders right now. He's dealing with people who once knew, who once let something come into their life. They got disappointed. They got discouraged. They got caught up. You didn't mean to. You're like Samson. But you ended up laying your head in the lap of, De of, of Delilah. Come home. Come home. He's waiting with you. He's waiting for you with outstretched arms. He says, I love you. I'm going to give you just a moment. Reach out and touch the Lord. Yes. 
as he goes by. Oh, you'll find he's not too you'll busy. Find Christians, lift your right hand and pray right now. Intercede. Somebody's make, trying to make up their mind. To yes. Your he's passing by. He's passing Come on. By this if you've kind of wandered a little bit, if you've gotten lukewarm, or if you've gotten cold, or you're just not sure, or you've gotten caught up in something and you let things go, he's calling you. Reach out and touch, touch the, the Lord as he goes by. We're going, we're going to sing it one more time, and here's what the Holy Spirit's telling me. Because when I was a younger minister, I used to get frustrated because everybody didn't come to the altar, Okay. You know what he said to me? That's not your job. Your job is to get the word out. My job is to convict them, and their job is to move out and come to me in Jesus' name. Come in Jesus' name. Come in Jesus' name. Sing it. Sing it. Reach out. Somebody's here. I know you're here. You'll find he's not too busy. Sing it with him. What about you? What about you? What about you? What about you? going to sing it again. Judy's reminding me of a scripture she and I share in a lot of places. To him that knoweth to do good, he does it not. It's a sin. Did you hear me? Somebody's gotten caught up. Somebody's been swept up. Somebody's found yourself in a place you shouldn't be. Somebody, nobody's going to talk about you. Nobody's going to ridicule you. All they're going to do is put their arms around you and love you as you come home to Jesus. Sing it one more time. Reach out and touch the Lord yes. Come on. Conviction is in the house. It's not me, it's him. You'll find he's not too busy to hear. Yes. He's listening. He's waiting on you. Come on. Come on. Come on. They're coming. Come on. Reach out. Reach out and touch the Lord. We got to keep singing it. They keep coming. We're going to keep singing. We have somebody over here, altar workers, pastor. Reach out and touch the Lord. Nobody knows your heart like he does. Nobody needs to know. But you need to make sure. Reach out. Reach out. Come on. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Some of you holding on to the back of the pew. Let it go. Come on. The Holy Spirit's 
drawing you. To hear you. Wow, he hears. He's passing by. Anybody have a need in your life? A sickness? An answer you need? A direction? Come on. I'm not going to limit the altar call. You need to have prayer about something? Come on. Yes. Yes. Come on. He'll meet every need of your life. He is your answer. Somebody touched me while I was singing. 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 Somebody touched me while I
Would you? Somebody touch me. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me. Must have been the hand of the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. What a mighty, awesome God we serve. He's preparing us, getting us ready for his soon return. We want to go out of here empowered and blessed and touched by God, moved on by a spirit. We want to take the supernatural to the world around us. Amen. Take the message of Jesus. As we go on, we want to appreciate Brother Sargent for the, the great word. Let's appreciate him. Two very quick things before we let you go. Number one, if you prayed, rededicated your life, you got saved today, we want you to hook up with Melissa Grawl. She's our discipleship pastor. She wants to talk to you for just a second. She's got some free gifts for you. She wants to talk to you. Also, if you want to be involved with any part of our church, anywhere, if you just thought, man, I'd like to get involved, but I don't know how to do that. Over here to my uh, right Nicole Walker and Andrew are right here. They're going to be in the choir room right after the service. They just want to fill you in on some details, how you can get started with that, let you know about some awesome opportunities to make a difference, and it's going to be a wonderful thing. So you're invited to go back. Choir room is off to my right beyond this wall right here, and we want to be blessed. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your work that's been accomplished and done in this place right here today. God, your presence has been strong in this house. God, you've drawn people to you. They've gotten saved. They've gotten touched and delivered. God, you've done a wonderful and beautiful thing. And Lord, you've filled us up. Our pockets are full. Our, our hearts are full. God, we want to take you out into this world and share your love serve people, love people, and God, we want your spirit to move and work through us and to make a difference, to plant those seeds, to germinate those seeds, God, and let your work be accomplished and done in this world and bring the awakening in the name of Jesus. God, anoint us and use us as we go out today, Lord, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you all. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock. Brother Sergeant will be back with us. We want you to be blessed. Church is not dismissed. Stay and pray. Be blessed. I told all my troubles goodbye. Goodbye to each tear and sigh.